Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. 303-690-3000 is the number to dial. Text me at 720-336-0897. This is a live broadcast, of course, unless it's being played as an encore edition. It's live. I was away last week teaching at a conference and teaching at a church. I had a glorious time at the church and just so grateful that God would give me the opportunity to to teach and to love and to meet new people. It's one of the, I mean, it's not the one of, <clears throat> I'm grateful that I have the privilege of not only teaching the Word of God, but meeting so many wonderful people. I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I didn't anticipate uh, stepping into obedience under the Lord, how many wonderful people God would put into my life. And, and even thinking about this radio program, you know, I'm a, it's a bummer when I don't do it. I actually have the technology to take it with me, but, um, you know, my schedule when I'm away isn't always conducive at this time, time frame, you know, but... Uh, when I get to do it, I'm I'm grateful for it. It was a part of the vision when we uh, purchased Grace FM uh, that we would have a show like this. And finally, we got the technology down and all that and, and started doing it. And then it started expanding to you folks out in Hope FM uh, land. So thank you guys for your relationship with us and your friendship with us. I can't wait to one day visit. Uh, again, the East Coast. I haven't been there in a in a, in a few years, uh, but to serve, I'll actually be out in Virginia. I know it's not covered by Hope FM, um, but I'll be out in Virginia in a couple months, teaching at a men's conference and teaching at a church. Um, grateful for that. And then you guys on the Freedom Radio Network, uh, we're grateful that you've just joined us. And you guys down on Truth FM, uh, it it's just it's an overwhelming sense um, that. The Lord will, uh, the the Lord would connect us like this. Um, isn't that amazing? Uh, it's it's really a true blessing uh, to be connected in the Lord, asking you, you know, asking Him to bind us together in love. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Really interesting days we're living in, isn't it? Aren't they? Um, super challenging and a lot of division, uh, a lot of um, opinions, a lot of difficulty. And I just want to speak to that difficulty for a moment. I'm sorry that um, this COVID situation, <clears throat> the new wave and the new difficulties and the mandates have just been so difficult for you. Um, you know, having things outside of our control is pretty discouraging. And, uh, you know, having our jobs on the line, travel on the line, freedoms on the line, super, super hard. Um, 
but we got to be careful. Uh, I, I've been meditating on this verse for quite some time now uh, and grateful for it. It's in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, um, where uh, we learn, um, well, really, we'll start in verse 1 for some context. Um, it says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Give me a call while we're waiting. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. And just knowing that that is, that is a, uh, a promise. Perfect peace comes from those whose minds are stayed on him. Um, that idea of stay means to sustain, to support, to, to continue. Um, the... It means to lay on or to lay to uphold, uh, placing someone or some, it's the word that was used uh, to lay an animal on the on the uh, altar of sacrifice in the Hebrew, samak uh, samak, uh, and it, you know it reminds us of Romans chapter twelve that we would present ourselves a living sacrifice. Give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You want perfect peace? Uh, focus on the things of the Lord put your mind upon him um you know that and that perfect peace comes as our our minds are stayed or focused or continued on him and what is the new testament equivalent of that uh the new testament equivalent is abide in me and I'll abide in you uh or Jesus said this is a great one isn't it um in John 14:27 right before he speaks about abiding he says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isn't that so good? Uh, so good. The Lord is so faithful to us. It is hard. Um, I don't, I don't want to minimize how difficult it's been, how challenging it is. Uh, it is hard. Yes, it is. It's super challenging. But the Lord is greater than even our challenges. He's greater. Um, 303 690 303 690 Aurora, Colorado. <clears throat> Phil is on the line. Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yes, I had a question uh, about uh, Luke 16, uh, 19 through 31. Uh, it's the, okay. the rich man, Lazarus. And I was yes. just um, wanting to know what the, uh, the main point of that passage is? That's a great question. Uh, you know, in verse 19, Jesus starts to teach about this certain rich man that had um, was clothed in purple and fine linen. It says he fared sumptuously every day, but he compares him in verse 20 to this certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who's laid at his gate, desiring to be fed. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. It was that the beggar died was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, 
he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And then Abraham answers, Son of, remember in your lifetime you receive your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you're tormented. And besides all this, between us there's a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those who... Uh, those from here passed to us. And he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send them to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he might testify to them, and lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. He says, No, Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And I think we could probably pick any of the, the couple of, of, of points here, but I want to pick the last one first. I think that's the essence of that. And I think the essence of this is that there's only one life will soon be passed. After death, there are no second chances for salvation. Um, if, they don't, if people don't respond to the knowledge that they have now, uh, they're not going to respond to some supernatural messenger sent from heaven or sent from... Um, in this case, uh, this place of paradise or um, Hades, you know, um, number one, because I think that's the most important message, right? The message of salvation, how a person is saved, uh, that the decision of salvation is made while you're alive on earth, not alive in eternity, because the whole essence of the rich man and Lazarus is a glimpse into eternity. Uh, What is it like after a man dies? And he takes... You know, another lesson, a more secondary lessons, is that what you see on earth isn't necessarily how it's going to sort out in, in, in eternity. Because here you've got a rich man who is highly favored, highly blessed, if you want to call it that, blessed of God, um, a successful life, and a beggar that had dogs licking his sores. <clears throat> but their eternity was not tied to their behavior or their status in life. Their, their eternity was tied to their faith. Um, another lesson we get from this, um, I can, again, secondarily, is that um, there is no uh, crossing over, no chances after death, you know, uh, similar to the false teaching of purgatory. There's no such thing as purgatory. There's no crossing over. There, there isn't you start in hell and work your way to heaven. Um, the decision that's made is made on earth from the knowledge that you have. And, you know, for them during that time, uh, Moses and the prophets would have pointed to Jesus Christ. Uh, so in Jesus giving this true story of the rich man and Lazarus, he's saying, look, the, all that you have available to you will point that you have Moses and the prophets. If he doesn't listen to the knowledge that he has, nothing else is going to come. And that Moses and the prophets would point to the coming of Messiah. And there's Jesus there, not only claiming to be Messiah, but also proving that he's Messiah through his miraculous works. So there's quite a bit in here, actually. But I would start with salvation um, as the most important one in this passage. Okay. Um, so uh, you mentioned, well, I was just, well, I guess I was wondering, I was using this as, I've been sharing, you know, my faith with my hand, and you know, I was trying to yes. say this. This is why I'm so, this is the passage, this passage is why I'm so, yeah. I'm bugging you, quote unquote, you know, like with yes. this because it's, you know, because of because of this passage, you know, and uh, but 
I guess I was I was thinking, is there a way to really point her to Jesus through this? I mean, I don't know if the Moses and the prophets, I could, you know, say, well, you know, yeah, I don't know. I guess I was just wasn't sure if, well, I need to take her to somewhere else like John 14, 6 or John three sixteen to say, well, and the way to have salvation is through Jesus alone. You know, I didn't know if I could bring her that to that place from this this passage. I think you can. I th- one of the ways that I would that I would take her there is to jump up to verse fourteen. You know, at verse fourteen it says, "Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard these things, and they derided him." And he said to them, and I think that that one of the tools that you could use in this particular passage is the care and concern of Jesus Christ for those that were listening to him while he was alive, and how much he cares even for this group of known as Pharisees that thought they were okay because of their religious experience. They thought they were okay because of their status in life and thought they were okay because of their religious status in life. And then Jesus cares so much about them that the rest of the section is all in red. Um, And then by the time you get to chapter 19, he's talking to the same group of people. Right? This is a teaching all to this religious group. And so he says, you know, he cares so much about the religious group that he talks about eternity to them. That these are people that, um, these, the, the answer in verse 8, in, and this is where you can even help her, you know, along the way, like in a conversation, like, like a longer conversation in the sense of how much Jesus cares for people, how much he takes time to explain things to them, and how much, how careful and patient he will be in explaining, because he's talking to people that's described here as, let me get back to it, um, they were lovers of money. Lovers of money. And so what does he do in verse 19? He talks about a who? Certain rich man. And people that, in this particular case, you've got men that are religious and also loved money. And Jesus says, look, not even money is going to help you in eternity because this rich man who everybody thought including them everybody thought that they that that money equaled blessing from god and jesus wanted them to make sure that even someone like lazarus like you and me poor beggars you know you have this conversation with them so that and and let her talk along the way right because it's to her questions or to her responses that will bring about um, opportunities to speak to them. And where do you find Jesus in here but the compassion of having Moses and prophets? Like, the, n- not only is he the one speaking, but but he's, he's like begging even the Pharisees who were masters of the Bible. They love money more than themselves, that they have Moses and the prophets. You must hear them. And what did Moses do? Um, Moses was God's deliverer. Uh, Moses was God's man. Moses was a type and a picture of Jesus to come, but he's standing right there. Um, and and I would, and then as you continue on in chapter 17, you know, in Luke, you continue on to, you know, I guess in chapter 16 too with your aunt, you could talk to her about eternity, that there is a real eternity. So, so where will, and asking questions like, where will you spend eternity? Why will you spend it? Well, because I'm religious, you know, I follow all the rules of the church. Yeah, but listen, Jesus is talking to someone who's very religious. They thought they had it all. Um, they were so comfortable that they began to love money. 
Um, so religion can't save you. And I, it would be that kind of conversation from that text. Yeah, and, and kind of almost going going back to like the, the prodigal son where the the uh, at the end the older son is estranged and he mm. you know justified himself with the good works and yes and and he ends up being the one where he's just kind of left at the cliffhanger is he going to come back to the father or not yes that kind of thing. and he does you know he ends up coming back yeah so good I, I'm grateful that you're being available to to be used that way because you know it's um it's a challenge in these last days to to really op- see people's eyes open to the beauty and wonder of a real relationship with Jesus and not just a religious one. I've kind of worked on a deal with her where she's gonna, <laughs> you know, hopefully she's gonna read the Gospel of John. Uh, I'm gonna do um, some things that she wants me to do, and then I, hopefully she's gonna read the Gospel of John. And so I just was gonna ask if you and the people listening could pray for pray for her. Uh, sure. That would be meaningful when she does read that. What, what's her name? Wendy. Father, we pray for Wendy right now as she has taken up the commitment uh, to read the Gospel of John. And I, I want to thank you, God, for putting the Gospel of John in to build us uh, our faith. And you said that it was written so that we might believe on the Son of God. And so I pray for Wendy that there would be a revelation, not just phys- not just in our our words or our you know, our explanations, as good as they might be, but from the Word, your Word does not return void. It accomplishes the purposes for which it was sent. And so be with my brother Phil as he steps out in faith and trusts you with his family, sharing your great love, mercy, and grace with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. All right, God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Great question. So grateful that you joined us. Hey, if somebody texts in, is everything okay with John Randall's church? I notice he's not on at 8 Uh, a.m. I I think everything's fine with John Randall. I talked to him not too long ago, or at least text with him. uh, And uh, he just decided, his church decided they wanted to go a different direction, and they requested it to come off of Grace FM. Um, So I'm sure things are just great. His radio program is still on other stations. Uh, around the country, but when I reached out to him, he uh, said that they wanted to use those resources in a different way. I suspect that he was doing some things on YouTube um, and some other things, but um, everything, from what I know, everything's fine with John Randall and his church. Um, pray for him and, and pray that God would uh, continue to use him in propagating the gospel and his verse-by-verse teaching. 303-690-3000. I know that doesn't apply to some of the other stations, uh, but here on Grace FM, John Randall was a big part of our station for many, many years, and we miss him. Uh, great Bible teacher. Um, here's another one, and we'll get back to the phone lines in a minute. Can you speak a little bit about whether it is a sin to not wear a, ma- a mask because it's not a law, or if it's rebellion, or just what your thoughts are? I'm very against them because they have been proven not to work and act uh, have a warning on them that says they don't protect against COVID. I believe that there are many reasons they want us to wear them uh, and they're, and that are not legitimate. I believe 100% that we're to submit to authority, but I'm confused on this one. Um, well, this is one of those questions that's mixed with uh, opinions because you, uh, as I was even sharing with our staff this morning, now whatever opinion we have, we can find a doctor or an authority to agree with us. So as many people is declare that some masks don't work. Um, others would declare that they do work. 
and certainly for us that are not professionals, it's all anecdotal. Uh, you know, unless we're super professional, just because we watch a YouTube video doesn't mean that we're experts on something. Uh, and you know, you think about wearing face coverings, and you think about doctors doing surgery. You think about doctors. Um, they, there is some protection to them. Yeah, of course, you could get through the um, whether or not they're protective against uh, COVID, or you know, they certainly have u- been used to to protect um, doctors and people from particles in the air, from smog and and pollution for a long time. Um, is it a sin not to wear a face covering? Uh, is a great question because you know the the reality of your heart is going to be the most important piece about that. That's really the essence. And I, as I was telling our staff today, as we see face coverings come back again and how uncomfortable they are and how most of us don't like them, um, you know, I asked them, you know, as we take these conservative approaches and as we uh, cooperate with the government officials as much as we can without sinning against God, if we're wrong by being taking the conservative route, what have we lost? I remember in the very beginning as a pastor, I got a lot of feedback as we required the face coverings from the beginning. And I would get things like, uh, you know, you're muzzling me. I can't breathe. I, uh, we, I need oxygen, you know, and all of the things. As I was praying with people in a face covering, I was leading people to the Lord in a face covering. I was laying hands on people with a face covering. Like most of this stuff is just opinions that are hyper, um, you know, what's the word I want to use? You know, uh, stirred up by other people that have a similar opinion. And and I, I it's a great question. I think sometimes not wearing a face covering could indeed be a sin. Uh, in a very simple way, because the Bible says if it's a if we can't do something out of faith, it's a sin to us. Uh, disobeying um, government officials in some cases can, uh, in most cases, can be um, can be a sin, even though there can be unjust laws or laws that would require us to disobey God. Then we would obey God, right? Um, but even in the in the text that you sent, I can see that there's a wrestling with it. Um, and you, you've stated your opinion, I'm very against them because they have been proven not to work. And I could have another person text and say, I'm very for them because they have been proven to work. And so my question is, is why not? Why wouldn't you? And it, will wearing it help you with the gospel or will we- not wearing it help you with the gospel? Will my opinions further the gospel or can I set aside my opinions and not lose them. I'm not asking you to lose them, but can I set aside my opinions for the sake of gospel? For example, I know that it's optional. Uh, let's just say, you know, I don't want to wear it uh, because it's not proven. But if you want to get on a plane, you're going to wear it if, because they won't let you on a plane unless you do. And on the flight that I recently took from San Francisco, the, the um, flight attendants were over the top on enforcing that particular rule. And so there I am. I put a face covering on. Why? So I could get on a plane. Why? So I could come home to my wife and kids. Or on the other side, uh, on the flight out, I put on a face covering. Why? So I could get on a plane. Why? So I could preach the gospel and minister to pastors and leaders and churches. So I think that the real question here and the real uh, essence of this is 
is why won't you? And that's what you have to clear up with the Lord. Why won't you? And if I, I wonder if your opinion as I'm reading it, because again, we can't talk about it because you text this in, but as I read it, I'm very against them, number one, because they've proven not to work and have a warning on them. And then here's the really essence. I believe there are many reasons they, so there's a certain group that you feel like is controlling you, want us to wear them that are not legitimate. Um, and all I know is this from my personal experience. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to uh, wear it. I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. And I mean, I guess if you can, I'm not going to do this unto the Lord. If you can do it, if that's, if you can take that position as unto the Lord, I'm not to be, I'm, a, I'm not to judge another man's servant. Um, but I want, I want, I've got enough, I've got, I've got enough uh, issues in my life uh, that hinder me, that pull me back, that this one's an easy one. This is an easy one. Just put it on. Well, I don't want to. Okay, we do a lot of things we don't want to. Every day you snap a seatbelt on. Well, I want to do that. Yeah, but it's a federally mandated law. It's federally mandated. Well, if I put the seatbelt on, it'll save my life. Okay, well, how many times has it saved your life? For most people, it's not saved. In, not saved. It, it only applies to a very few people. So most of us are putting on our seatbelts just in case. And I wonder if we can take the same approach with this face covering just in case, or even a demonstrative, um, something demonstrative to, to an unbeliever that says, I can relate to you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar place, only in the sense that I don't like personally wearing it, but I, I'm okay with wearing it for the sake of others. I'm okay with wearing it for um, the sake of health, just in case I'm wrong and that YouTube video was wrong. And the other doctor was right. I'm going to take an approach that values life above anything. And yeah, maybe there is a uh, a situation going with the government. Maybe there are different. Maybe there is a shift in our government. But all of that is under the sovereignty of God. That's not my business. Not wearing a face covering is not going to stop the work of the Antichrist. It's not. I don't know. It's just not. It's just going to put me in a position of angst and anger and frustration. And I don't want to be in that position. I want to be useful uh, to the kingdom and, uh, you know, just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister. I've got an encouragement coming in. Uh, let me pick up, uh, Ron in Kiowa. We've got two minutes before the break. Juan, can you give us your, um, encouragement before we head off? Yeah. Hi, Pastor Ed. I was listening last week to you and you had a young lady call up, said that she was having problems in her marriage. Her husband was, mocking her and uh, made fun of her because she had come to Christ a few years prior. It was towards the end of your show last week, so I didn't have a chance to call, but I wanted to call you in because it hit me hard because my wife did that for me. She Mm. prayed for me uh, for three years to change who I was and who I had become. And uh, I hope this uh, this lady is listening right now because I just want to, as you told her, pray for him, pray for him because yes. my wife did that to me, and I've come to come to the Lord so hard uh, for three <laughs> years now. I've come to the Lord. I was baptized two years ago. Uh, I mean, it's a whole new life for me, and it's so encouraging and just to just to live this life with the Lord and what I didn't realize it was. I denied him, you know, and everything like that. Uh, 
But I just want to know if if she's listening. I just want her to know. Just pray for this guy. Just pray for your husband. Be there. And me and my wife have been praying for her. And I oh can't remember her name. It's not important. Of this, your when I called in, as he said, the Lord knows who I'm talking about. That's right. You know? That's right. So I just want to give some encouragement out there to you people that are struggling in a relationship. Pray for your spouse. Pray for him. It works. So thank you so much. You hear the music. God bless you, my brother. All right. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Hey, uh, first half of the show caught up to us really quick. Give me a call. I got an open line three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Want to hear from you guys outside of Colorado as well? Call us. We'd love to hear from you. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, the home of Grace FM, uh, which reaches all 80% of the Colorado population uh, up into Wyoming, Nebraska, parts of Nebraska, down through Colorado Springs. Welcome, everyone. Uh, anyone listening on a station apart from Grace FM, like the Freedom Radio Network, Hope FM, Truth FM, I just want to remind you that you're hearing this program as a one-week delay. All that means is that you can call during the show. You'll get a live person. We'll talk live right on the show. Uh, but you won't hear the program until the following week, which is kind of cool, isn't it? Because you can listen to the, you can talk on the, because you don't, you can't listen to the radio and ask a question at the same time because you have to turn your radio down or the feedback will be so bad. But you can listen the following week to your, uh, to your question. And you guys that are on Grace FM or anyone, anyone listening anywhere around the country, around the world, we also podcast this program and you can subscribe to our podcasts and you can take it with you on the way. And one of the ways this show has helped me over the years, both back in the day when the Bible Answer Man was on, and then we have a local show here in Denver on another radio station that Gino Dracy does. He's actually the the man that in, uh, trained me on how to do radio just by watching him and listening to him. One of, one of the things that a st- show like this did, did for me was help me learn how to answer questions. Um, I Help me learn how to think things through. Help me learn what people are asking, right? Because we want to know what people are asking. Um, and I, I, love, I love listening. I love when the other hosts are doing it, uh, listening to their style, uh, listening to their answers, and so it's so good. Hey, before we get back to the phone lines, I want to let you know I posted an article yesterday on our on my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, on this whole topic of vaccines. Uh, and I titled it Vaccines, the New World Order, and Your First Love. So if that's something that would interest you, uh, it is the second most popular uh, all-time second most popular article that I it's ever been posted, um, and I posted it yesterday, so it's still there. Uh, it's right there on the home page, uh, and in addition to that, we sent out notifications 
uh, when things like this get posted. If you're interested in getting those or staying in touch with us, download our church app, would you? Uh, go to go to your app store, however you get your apps. Put in my name, Ed Taylor. It'll pop up our website like that or our app. Download it, turn on notifications. And the neat thing about our app is you can turn on all kinds of notifications uh, or not. Uh, you can get a lot or a little from us. Uh, but on this one, the main one, uh, you know, we send out three maybe at the most, but usually one. Every morning I send an encouragement out um, and sometimes more, but usually one. And if something's going on, we'll send you a note about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at it yesterday. Uh, it is all time. It um, second all time ever. Uh, and let's see if it tells me what the first time was. <laughs> okay, here's the most popular one. Um, it looks like it was the current state of the Calvary Chapel movement. I posted in 2018. So that's number one, and this is number two. 303-690-3000. Here's here's a text. Pastor Ed, love you, brother. Great show. Hey, I'm reluctantly obedient to the government. You are cheerfully obedient. Your approach is actually rather annoying. Thoughts? Um, Yeah, I think uh, my thoughts are I want to encourage you to obey the Lord. And by the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you. And I think we're in a season right now where most people are living by their convictions more than they're living by being led by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes our convictions get confused with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Definitely, there are times when our convictions are developed by the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to this particular topic, I'm just finding that it is convictions that seem to rule the day instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. And again, I can't speak for you. I don't know you. I don't know all that's going on in your life. But if I can cheerfully point you to the Lord, I'm I'm grateful that you will be able to surrender to him and maybe he'll change your mind. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but maybe the Lord will. All right. Chris in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Line two. Hey, Chris. Hello? You're on the air, buddy. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm not from Denver. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Well, okay, Chris, from Baltimore. What's going on? Uh, well, um, rather than a prayer request or a question, I'm, I'm more, more so have an observation. Um, so I hear a lot of prayer requests come through the radio station, and I used to think, well, you know, it's horrible for this person what's going on, but being that it's, you know, a week delayed, a lot of times it's too late to pray. And then I started to think, if God is omnipresent, it's really not too late to pray. You can pray for things that you think are in the past, but because he has no timeline, it's current to him. What are your thoughts? I agree. I absolutely agree. I was going to say, for a different reason altogether, but your reason's very good, but it's never too late to pray, even if God has already been working in a situation, as you lift a person up to the Lord, as you agree with them, as you come alongside of them, even if, let's just say we're praying for Mary or Wendy, let's just say Wendy, um, we just, on this particular show, prayed for Wendy, and then you in Baltimore will tune in next week and hear the same prayer request for Wendy. You heard it while you were on hold, 
But it all, I mean, it's really, it's interesting and cool, isn't it? Next week, mm-hmm. when you tune in on Wednesday, you'll hear it on the radio. Um, and let's just say God did something with Wendy uh, this week. She got saved, and you're praying for her salvation. And, you know, the Bible talks about how Jesus is always making intercession for us and how he is our intermediary. So when you think about prayer, we could even be throwing up a uh, uh, offering up, I should say, a prayer to God that Jesus could change along the way because he's really the intermediary. He's really our only advocate with the Father, uh, Jesus Christ the righteous. And, and and the benefit of prayer is not simply the request, it's the submission, it's the commitment to him, it is the um, it is our desire to draw near to him and he draws near to us. And, and so you're right, including the omnipresence of God and his omniscience. You know, you're, you, you, when you and I choose to pray, we are um, coming alongside of him, drawing near to him, and there are always, always, always benefits to that besides the actual request. Also brings some peace in your life at times by just being it able absolutely to make does. a prayer. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, good good point. Thanks for waiting, Chris, for, to, to join me on the air. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for... Uh, Bless you, my brother. All, All right, right. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks, Pastor. Bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, do we have... Let's see who's next. I think it's another Chris in Fort Collins, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. This must be a popular name today. Three Chris's today, yes. (laughs) Well, um, my question is, how how would you approach a person? uh, You you meet people in multiple ways, or maybe people even that you know. And the bottom line is you really want to find out, have they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? But... That's mm-hmm. really kind of a hit-you-between-the-eyes sort of statement to kind of pop out sure. of the blue. So, you know, sometimes you might say, or, and I've recently realized this is not a good way, are you a believer because even, or do you believe in God? Even Satan, you know, believes in God. So that really doesn't get to the heart of the matter, and I've even had... Uh, Mormons say, oh, I'm Christian. And uh-huh. so, you know, even asking if they're a Christian isn't really getting to the heart of the matter. So I realize I'm confused on really how to present a question to somebody that, you know, you don't smack them between the eyes that they don't recover from. That's a great question. And I think part of your question included part of the answer it's going to be different for different people um, because people are different. And I know that sounds simplistic, but it's really true. Um, I, I believe that you want to start with the humanity of the situation, not just the, the conversion part or the soul part. I, want, I, I think we start with acknowledging that you are a human being and, and you want to allow a person. One of the things people like to do is talk about themselves and you can as you're as you're talking to them and as they're talking to you you can um 
you can start you you can listen carefully and use some of their answers as opportunities to bring them to a place to talk about their soul. So let me let me show you a, a real let me let me walk you. Uh, hey, so Chris, did you grow up in Fort Collins? No, I'm an Where'd you grow up? from Ohio. You're from Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. Did you like your hometown? Uh, did I like it? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it was okay. I grew out in the country, and it was a small huh. town, so small it, it town. was kind of different in that respect. It was one of those places that people knew your business and you knew everyone's business? Is that, that what you mean by well, small town? Uh, since I lived out in the country and I got married... Uh, out of living with my parents, I was kind of young, and and the day we got married, the next day we moved out to Colorado. So, uh, it, to, yeah, so uh, it's kind of one of those situations. I I bet you being newly married, it was really hard to find a church when you moved to Colorado. Well, no, not really, because we grew up Catholic, and so you just look for the nearest Catholic church. You know, did and you guys end up finding a, a Catholic from. church? Did you did Pardon? you end up finding a Catholic church when you moved here? Like as young as young newlyweds, was that a big priority? Did you guys end up finding a, a Catholic church really fast, or did you yeah, take some time? Really what did you guys find. do? And yeah, yeah, at that time, you know, if you believed in God, uh, you were Catholic. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, we're not uh, of that belief right now. Right. But, so uh, when that's you. How it was. You know, my, my, my wife grew up uh, Roman Catholic as well, and, and there was parts of it that she really didn't enjoy. How did you enjoy the Catholic Church? Um, I, I think I enjoyed it because I felt like I was a believer in the one true God. Uh, <laughs> I know there was a lot of traditions that you had to, you know, abide by, and mm-hmm. it, it was like with the sermons, the epistles and the sermons, they were always very different, and they tended, maybe they'd read from the Bible for the epistle, but they never really talked about what they read. It was always mm. some other subject. Yes. And so, so it was, really didn't teach you from the Bible. And was there that point where you guys were looking for another church to start teaching you? Like, like you know how, was, was there a sense where religion wasn't enough for you and you really wanted a relationship with God? Did there come a point in your life like that? <laughs> that is really funny that you ask, because yes, it was uh, after uh, we have two children, after they were born, and then I had heard, and it was a Catholic priest that gave me the first uh, Bible that I ever had, mm-hmm. so I, yes. I do want to say that to his credit. But um, we heard about a good teaching uh, with the Bible, and so I would go on Wednesday nights there, and it happened to be a Messianic church. Okay, yes. And so, I mean, he was really solid at that time and teaching from the Bible, and it was like, oh my gosh, it opened up a whole new world, and I'd come home <laughs> about 10 o'clock at night, and I'd be so on fire, I couldn't sleep, and I'd have to wake up my husband, who had to get up early for work, <laughs> and just tell him about that. And so, for a long time, you know, um, it was probably a year before I got him to go to the Bible study, but after he got to go to the Bible study, then we went to both the Catholic Church and the Bible study. So, Chris, did you see what I just did with you? Oh, you entered into that so easily. I, I talked, <laughs> we took you back to Ohio, 
you took me through the process, small town, got married, moved to Colorado, and then the bridge that I could hear, the opportunity I heard was, well, you know, when people move, they move, they look for a church. You could have said, oh, I didn't go to church. Like, as I'm listening to you, I'm following you. I'm letting you drive the conversation, and you're letting me in with these questions. Um, but I took you from Ohio to your born-again experience in less than five minutes. Wow. That, uh, I'm really going to have to um, study on how to do that myself. Well, it starts with just you. I want to know about Chris. Uh, the more Chris will tell me, the more you'll let me in, and I know it. I know I have a little bit of an advantage. So let's be clear: I, you, you're you're on a Christian radio station. You're you're calling to talk to me, so I do have a little bit of advantage. But in some of these relationships, you know, at work or family, you have advantages too. And and in normal conversations, um, you know, for example, one of the things that one, a bridge that I've used a lot here here in Colorado were the Broncos. Um, you know, uh, if I find out somebody's a Bronco fan, I can go a lot of different ways with that. But one of them is passion, man. You Bronco fans are amazing. You're passionate. You really love your team. You're really loyal. Yeah, we love football. Have you always loved football? I've always loved football since you're a kid. Yeah, since you're a kid. So, so did you, did you love football more than you love going to church? Ah, we didn't go to church. Well, now I know where he's at and I know that he's a passionate person. I know he can get behind something. And now I've got him at a place where he, I've talked about something super, super sensitive, church, religion, spiritual life, and he's given me an answer. And, and while you were, and, and truly while you were talking in the back of my mind, uh, in my, in my mind privately, I was asking the Lord, Lord, help me, help me go with her, help me walk alongside of her, uh, so that I can, so that this would be a clear, cause it's kind of a weird conversation to have, but it was really just demonstrating that you can use anything as a bridge without going right for the gut at the beginning. Like you can, you can talk about being born again, but it, you don't have to go there first. You could go there tenth or twelfth while you're valuing the person in front of you and learning a little bit about them. If you ever call back, I hope I remember you were in Ohio, oh, small town Ohio. <laughs> well, I like the way that you've given that example. I, I know you can do it, Chris, because I could hear it in your personality, your ability to carry a conversation, your ability to listen and talk. Like, this is totally in you. It's just intimidating. And, you know, it's awkward and it can be scary at times, but it's only awkward and scary until it's not. And anyone, I, I've, I'm not the, you know, surprisingly, this might be a big secret for many people listening, but most pastors are very introverted in their personality. It's an amazing thing that God would call introverted people to a very extroverted position in the church. But I'm a very private person. I'm very introverted in many ways. But God has taught me over the years that as I take value and interest in a person, he will enable me to serve them, care for them, and if need, bring the gospel to them, if need, bring comfort to them, and complete strangers, because it is very still very awkward for me to strike up a conversation with a stranger, but the Lord has helped me over the years, and and I can only get better at it. Okay, I'm gonna really work your words into my everyday life. Well, great. Call us back and give us an example, good or bad. Maybe you you tried it and it didn't work, or you tried it and it did work, and and I'd love to talk you through that. 
Could I ask you about two other short uh, questions? Sure, go ahead. Okay, uh, I would like to listen to your uh, Wednesday night teaching, which is more in-depth. Can I get that on, uh, like, streaming? You can. Do I, can so I do get you, it from that edtaylor.org site? Uh, you can. It'll, it'll click you all the way back either to the website or to our app. If you are good with apps, that's the no. best place to get all of <laughs> Okay, so then go to our website, calvaryco.church. Calvary CO stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. And then I'm going there with you and... I want to see what we click here. Right at the top, it says messages. And then the fourth one down, it says midweek messages. Okay, midweek. I'll, and, I'll try that. And one thing we're doing that's coming up in a couple of weeks on our weekend is we're going to start a little more in-depth studies on weekends on the book of Acts. So we're starting chapter 1, verse 1 in the book of Acts so God can teach. There's so much newness in our church right now that I feel like the Lord wants us to be reminded of what his desire is for his church. So we're going to start a verse by verse, and I'll probably tackle at least half a chapter each week. Okay, and that'll be in your Sunday message then? That'll be on, let's see, it goes, well, you can go to latest messages, weekend messages, midweek messages, all from that messages uh, section. It's the third one from the left on our website. Okay. And the other uh, question would be, when Moses was speaking to the million and a half people, the Israelites, I mean, that's an unbelievable amount of people that one person is is speaking to, and they can hear and understand him. How how did he do that? (laughs) Most likely, he communicated to the key leaders, and they communicated to the groups that they oversaw. Uh, so kind of word of mouth, and everybody was delegated to their group. Yeah, you remember even when uh, there's a couple times in the book of Exodus where he's talking to the elders, but even back forward in Joshua, remember uh, when they sent, well, even when they sent spies into the land, one was representing every tribe. And so there were definitely hierarchies and family communication um, where the communication of God to Moses was spread out among the people. It could have even been supernatural, but most likely it was a very natural approach where the leadership received the word and passed it on to the people that were under them and responsible for them. Okay, good. That that clears that one up. That's a great question. Let me give you let me give you a recommendation if you're interested in answering tough questions like that. Let me give you a recommendation of a book you can buy. Okay. It's called When Critics Ask by Ooh, Norm. I, have that one. I just oh. haven't been able to read it yet. Okay, so see if that question is in there. That I have learned so much from Norm Geisler. I don't know if I got the answer from there or not, but see if that question is in there. That because it's a it's not a it's not like a critic, like you're a critic. It's a critical question. Hey, that doesn't make sense. How is it possible for one man that, you know, you can hear a guy say, you can hear somebody that doesn't like the Bible go, how is that possible that the Bible is not true? It can't possibly be true. Nobody can talk to a million people. But, you know, there's actually an alternative view. There's an alternative way to do that um, before we throw everything out. And I, I wonder if I learned it from him. I don't know. 
Okay, I will. I'll check that out. Okay, thanks. Thank you. I really want to tell you how much your teachings, especially for these current times mean because it's so everything is so very confusing and you want to follow what god says but then you you don't know am i really hearing from him or you know or yes. do i get that impression I from know. him or what how do i go forward it's it's day by day moment by moment and anything it doesn't even if we feel like it's an impression let's say we have the confidence that it is an impression from god when we make that decision, we make it by faith. And those times when we're not sure if it's an impression by God, and it doesn't disagree with the Bible, right? It's not a known sin. And we make that decision, we make it unto the Lord. And I think that's the place of safety. We're abiding in Christ. We're doing what we believe is right. It's not contrary to the Scriptures. And so we're learning, it, and this is where we're not comfortable. This is why it's so disrupting to us. We're just not comfortable living by faith. We like things explained to us. We like reasonings. We like to have even a sense of control over our circumstances. But that's not real life. Life that Jesus, or excuse me, Paul teaches us, the Spirit of God through Paul says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And I think that's a safe place for us. Because even if I make a mistake, I'm making a mistake toward the Lord, not making a mistake retreating from the Lord. Okay, would you... Say that again, perhaps in other words, how we can walk by faith, because it is difficult yeah. knowing, and, and even if you have that desire to do that. So you, you have a—I'll say it in different words. I appreciate that for a different perspective. Uh, you're a woman who reads the Bible every day. You're a woman that prays every day. And you're a woman that acts on what she believes God's telling her to do every day. And you're not going to know for sure if it's from the Lord or not every single time. And just accept that. Okay. You know, think of think of um, that impression. You know, I don't want to go to King Supers today. I think I want to go to Safeway. You know, that's dumb. King Supers right around the corner. Why would I go to Safeway? And by the way, you guys listening outside of Colorado, King Supers is a is a market. It's the Kroger market in Colorado. So you know, you go, why would I go to Safeway? But but if I go to Safeway, I'm going to go with anticipation that God wants me there. Maybe it's the person at the register. Maybe it's the person in the parking lot. Maybe it's nothing. It's just God moving me to another part of my city that I can pray for. The, like, I don't know exactly why I have this impression to go to Safeway, but I'm going to do it. And who knows what God's going to do? Okay. Good. Thanks, Chris. God bless you, All right, sister. Thanks for your directions. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming up on the end of the show. I wanted to, I, I, li- I appreciate the, the input from the, um, uh, from the conversation. I had a, a text here I want to read real quick, but here's a quick text. Can you repeat the name of the book? It's When Critics Ask by Norm Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R. It's not in print anymore, so you have to get it uh, used. When critics ask, here's a here's a, um, a text. I felt compelled to share my thoughts on the whole mass situation. I respectfully disagree with your stance. I feel there are too many variables at play and a far bigger picture to see. In my opinion, the mask is a small battle in a much bigger war against an entity or a group of people who are entirely anti-God, 
who want to keep God out of schools, who want to destroy the divine marriage, who want to abort unborn children. I feel a righteous indignation and a strong conviction to stand up against this evil agenda, which seeks to control our lives and tell us when and where we can worship. We are called to be courageous. And any, any we know how many times the Bible talks about it, I believe we're living in a time of great deception. I believe the mask and the vax are a Trojan horse for the mark of the beast that's prophesied in the book of Revelation. I believe we're seeing scripture unfold before us, and we know this battle is not against flesh and blood. I don't, um, and then you talk about my preaching and stuff. So let me just go through. Um, the, the face covering and the uh, vax could very well be a small battle in a bigger war. I'd agree with you. Um, there, there is a wrestling in darkness to keep God out of schools, even though they're secular schools. So you, what would you expect in a secular school? Want to destroy divine marriage. Um, sinners are going to choose sin every single time. They're going to try to redefine it for themselves. It's nothing new. That's what was happening in the ancient church. It's been happening with with um, the uh, unbelievers of old, uh, the people that were in Joshua defeated, uh, want to kill unborn children. That's right. That's a pagan practice that dates back to almost the beginning of time. That's righteous indignation to stand up against this evil agenda that seeks to control our lives. I mean, how can we do that but rather than live in obedience? How can we do that than rather submit? Uh, not putting on a face covering, I, I don't believe, is getting you to the place that you want. And, and it's also not dealing with the frustration you're carrying. Um, you can be courageous by being obedient. And putting on a face covering doesn't set you up for the mark of the beast. Only people that want to worship the beast is going to take the mark. Um, it's a great question. I mean, you should call me tomorrow. I'd love to talk to you about this. And one by little by little, because it's a great, um, it's a great point of view. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'd love to You've talk to you about it. We'll be right back. Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.